High Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Well, praise the Lord. So good to see everybody here tonight. How many of you glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Are you glad? Is anybody glad in the house tonight? Praise the Lord. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. It's good to see all of you here. And I tell you, we're really in for a treat tonight. I do want to make mention that at the end of the service, we are going to be receiving a special love offering for our special guest speaker, Bishop Kyle Searcy. I'm telling you what, you are going to be blessed by his ministry. He pastors and heads up a great organization, a ministry organization and church there in the Montgomery, Alabama area. And uh, I, I, it's probably about a year ago, maybe, I heard him for the very first time. I was on a, a Zoom call with, uh, with the CCC Network, and, every, and since then I've heard him several times, and every time he has ministered, it's been so powerful. We're actually up in a retreat in September uh, with uh, Bishop Matera and also uh, Bishop Searcy. He actually taught in that, and I'm telling you what, I was fed uh, so much. Actually, I didn't get to... Uh, we actually had to leave a little bit early, but I actually got to hear it uh, later on as he ministered. I, I heard that uh, teaching on the Sabbath that you did. That was so tremendous. And we uh, just have uh, had a wonderful opportunity to develop a relationship with him and so thrilled to have him here with us here at High Praise tonight. We're blessed. Amen. I'd like for you to stand to your feet and let's give honor to the man of God as he comes. Let's give a big praise God for Bishop Kyle Searcy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. He's taller than me. <laughs> there you go. Would you give Jesus a big hand of praise this evening? Wait, 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 wait. I thought this was high praise. Is this not high? Come on. Come on. Come on. Hey, give Jesus some glory. It's good to see all of you here tonight. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. How many of you love Robert and Stacy Gay? Aren't they amazing? I was thinking about Robert the other. I think he's like, like a cup of caramel macchiato. Bold, but there's a grace about him. Isn't he a cool, just a cool apostle, isn't he? You get around him, you just want to kind of walk cool or something. It's just... <laughs> Yeah, he tries. His wife said he tries. And uh, Stacy, second time meeting your acquaintance, but they're such a dynamic, awesome couple. And I met Pastor for the first time tonight, and I just looked at him and said, man, that guy has such a clean spirit. Uh, you're blessed here at High Praise. You are so blessed. Oh, man, you're blessed. And that praise and worship was so tangible, I did not want it to stop. I, you could eat that stuff. Do you understand what you have here? That was glorious. Let's give the worship team a big hand and a big thank you. Yeah. So I came tonight with my 15-year-old grandson who has his learner's permit who drove me here. Yes, I do believe in tongues. I spoke in a lot. No. Did a great job, Nathan. Stand up, say hi to everybody. That's my handsome grandson. Come on, wave at us. I love this kid. I love him so much. And one of the most on-fire young people I know, BJ, he's an Auburn fan, unfortunately, but we'll, we'll be okay with him. 
So I bought just a couple of things tonight. Um, there's a book I wrote called The Power of Agreements. Um, you don't, most people don't understand how anointed they are. You're so powerful that whatever you agree with, you can have. And this book just unlocks the ability we have to agree to literally set our intention on things and move things in the spirit. It's a, it's a great book. And then uh, just one other book called Write the Vision, How to Develop a Life Plan. A lot of people are thinking about how to develop a plan for their life. This book walks you through and shows you how you can do that. So just a couple of resources for you tonight. All right, uh, I'd like you to open any chapter and verse you so desire. I'm just trying to see who's prophetic tonight, who's going to get it right. Now, we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 through 31. Pastor, Apostle gave me four hours. I only need three and a half. So we're going to work this tonight because I know you got to get home. I saw some people saying, I'm out of here. No, 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 no. Trust me. I know how to stand up, speak up, and shut up. I do preach the gospel, just not the everlasting gospel. So we're going to be out of here in time. But I, I just strongly felt a word for you tonight I want to release to you. So Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 through 31. Let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus. Speak to my heart. Let the word do me good. Let it be for me in Jesus' name. Amen. Holy Spirit, I yield to you. Have your way. Do what only you can do, sir. There are people here that need you. We need you. I need you. So I yield. Let me decrease you increase. But God, do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40, 28 through 31, have you not known? It's interesting when a passage starts with a question. How many of you know when God asks questions, it's not because he doesn't know the answer? Have you not known? Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is what? Nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Some people say strength. However you roll, he's going to renew it. Whew. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about the anointing of an eagle. The anointing of an eagle. I feel an upgrade coming to this great church. An upgrade coming to your life. God's going to do something new. How many of you are iPhone users? Let me see your hand. iPhone users. Praise God. You're the ones that are going to heaven. Every one of you, you're going straight to heaven. I'm telling you. How many of you are Android users? Android users, come on, I'm going to have an altar call for all of you as soon as service is over because we got to get you right. But one thing we love about our devices is when it's upgrade time because what upgrades do is they remove problems, they remove bugs, and they increase the operation. And God's going to give us an upgrade tonight. I feel a strong upgrade coming upon our lives, upon this ministry. But I've learned a long time ago that upgrades don't usually come by heaven coming down. We always want God to open the heavens. Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens and come down. And we always kind of look up here, God, what are you going to come down and do? But I found out breakthroughs and upgrades happen by small internal adjustments within me. 
See, God doesn't have problems a lot of times with topography and geography and, and devils and pharaohs. God has problem with the children of Israel who come out of Egypt. God didn't have problem getting them out of Egypt. God, I mean, he opened the Red Sea and they went through on dry ground. I mean, come on. Uh, he dealt with Pharaoh, 10 plagues. The last plague was a plague of death. God didn't have problems with Pharaoh, any of that. The problem he had was the children of Israel who went out of Egypt, but Egypt never got out of them. They went in the wilderness, and three days into the wilderness, they were like, God, are you going to give us water? And how would you even think, how would you have the audacity, and we all do, to think that God led you this way to starve you to death or, or cause you to die of thirst. So it was something happening within them. And I found out when I need to go to another level, it's not what God's going to do, it's what I'm going to do. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of change. And small adjustments can equal big, massive breakthroughs. And that's what Isaiah began talking about in Isaiah chapter 40. He starts with a question, have you not known? Have you not heard? What, Isaiah? It sounds like there's juicy gossip or some news we have to understand. There's something you need to know if you're going to get an upgrade. There's something you need to know if you're going to go to the next level. What is it, Isaiah? Have you not known? Have you not heard what? That the everlasting God... One of the keys to our upgrades is reminding ourselves, our learning for the first time, just who our God really is. Our God is amazing. Our God is bad. Our God is big. My dad used to say he's the ace boon coon. I don't know what that is, but it sure sounds good. He, we serve a big God, and everything else we serve is not even to be compared with who he is. And Isaiah says, haven't you known, haven't you heard that the everlasting God, that word is very, very intense. In Hebrew, it's the word olam. Say olam. And El, El is God, Olam means not just everlasting in the sense that it doesn't end, it means eternal. And it'll do us good to step back every now and then and remind ourselves that God is eternal, which means he's outside of time. Time came out of him. Time did not create him, time came out of him. So let me appeal to your scientific nature or your physics nature. If all of reality is determined by a plane, Let's say my iPad is this plane right here represents all of reality. So all of reality is represented by this plane. Time is only one line on this plane. And in time, we could only go forward. We can't go backwards. Anybody here can go back to yesterday? No, we can't do it. We can only go forward. So on this timeline, we only have the ability to go forward. But if this represents all of reality and time is one line on that plane and God is bigger than all reality, that means God can intersect time anywhere he wants to. In other words, God's so big with God, your past is present. Now put that in your pipe and smoke it a minute. Your past your past is present with God, and your present is present with God, and your future is present with God. What am I saying? God is already in your tomorrow. Before you were born, every one of your days were written in the book before there was yet one of them. God's not practicing on us. God's not a neophyte. God's not just getting started. He's the ancient of days. He's one when Moses said, who should I tell him sent me? He said, tell him I am sent me because that's the only way you can describe him. I am everything you need and then some. I am bigger than your imagination and then some. I'm grander than anything you could think of and then some. He's Olamel outside of time. And it'll do us good every now and then to step back and realize that before we wake up tomorrow, God was already already there. Oh, what are we worried about on tomorrow? Because God is already in our future. My daughter, my grandson's mother, my precious, beautiful daughter, when these kids were young, 
heard me preach this one Sunday just about that name of God, Olam El, that he's eternal. And I said, he's already in your future. You have nothing to worry about. And she woke up that morning and was brushing her hair in the mirror and tried to remember the name I said and couldn't remember it. So she called me. She said, hey, Dad, what was that name of God you said yesterday? I said, oh, that's Olam El, the God who's eternal, who's already in your future, already in your past, and in your presence. She said, thank you. So she's brushing her hair. She says, Olam El, go before me today and make everything all right. That's all she said. Looked at the time, running late, grabbed the kids, threw them in the car. She had a Lexus LX470 SUV. It's kind of a tall vehicle, easy to flip over. She threw the kids in the back seat, was running so fast, forgot to buckle them in. Driving to work, it's raining outside, doing 70 miles an hour in the rain and decides to put on her makeup. Yeah, I slapped her later, but that's beside the point. No, I really did. She puts down the visor to put on her makeup, lifts it up, and a truck is about 50, 70 feet in front of her. She's doing 50, 70 miles an hour. It's in the rain. She slams on brakes. Truck starts spinning around. And all of this sudden, somehow it spins in the median, keeps spinning. It spun about seven to nine times, ended up on the other side in front of the truck going the right way. Not a scratch on the truck. The kids think it's fun. They're like, wait, mommy, let's do it again. And everything is fine. And she's shaking when she calls me. But she called on the God of the future to cry to go into her future and make everything all right. She began to recognize that there's nothing that will happen tomorrow that God is not already there. And Isaiah was saying, you want an upgrade? Have you not known? Have you not heard that he's the eternal God, the everlasting God? Listen, I believe that God is big enough to retrofit your past and make it effective in your present. If you don't believe me, just ask Sarah. Sarah was 90 years old. Why did God speak to Abraham at 75 and wait till he's 100 to give him a boy? Because I think God wanted to prove to him, I am God and there is none other. Can you imagine Sarah, a 90-year-old woman pushing out a baby? Come on, think with me. Mm, 90. Breastfeeding at 90. Come on, I believe that God didn't just give her a new womb, God rolled her years back. Have you ever read in Joel chapter 3, chapter 2 or 3 where it says, God will restore the years I understand if you lose money and God gives it back, but how does God restore years? He's outside of time. He has the whole aspect of time in his hands. And here's the question, what are you and I worried about? Because whatever we're worried about, he's got this. Have you not known? Haven't you heard that the everlasting God, then he says the Lord. That word means the sovereign one. And we have to stop every now and then and realize that God is sovereign. He is in control. He calls the shots. He runs the show. Sometimes we think big God, big devil. No, 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 no. Big God, little devil. In the sense of God's power. The devil is a created being. And when God gets ready to deal with the devil, he sends one angel with no name. Not even mentioned. With a chain and a key to the bottomless pit and locks him up a thousand years. He's falling and he can't find a bottom. We get this idea that God and the devil are always fighting. No, free will is in contention here. It's something about free will, and the devil is contending with free will, and God is in control. He's the only being, God is the only being, who can give everybody free will and cause history to end up where he wants it to be at the end. Did you hear what I said? Give everybody choice, but it's going where he wants it to go at the end of the day. That's why the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. My God. He's sovereign. 
He's in control. It's not that God is in this corner wearing white trunks, weighing 777 pounds. And the devil is in this corner with black trunks weighing 666 pounds. And they come into the ring and they fight. And God knocks the devil down. The devil gets back up and put gods in a headlock. What Bible are we reading? You can see by the book of Job who's in control. Satan didn't ask God about Job. God bragged on Job. Satan came before him. Have you seen my servant Job? Perfect and upright, fears God, hates evil. Satan said, yeah, I've been checking him out. I've been really checking him out. But I can't touch him because you have him hedged about. Did you read that in the book? You have him hedged about. God said, yeah, he's perfect, upright. Satan said, you let me touch him, I bet he'll curse you. And eh, nah, I know my boy, he won't curse me. You can touch him, just don't take his life. Satan goes, everything he has, he loses except his wife, who begins to take on Satan's mantra, curse God and die. You sound like one of the foolish women. You know how the whole story goes. He came back again a second time. Okay, I'll let you touch his health. You can't kill him. Job is sick with boils. He worships and just honors God. Naked came I out of my mother's room. Naked come, back, come I back in. And God basically said to the devil, nah, 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 nah. You see, there's somebody who loves me not for what I could do for them, but just for who I am. But I want you to think about it. Satan couldn't touch Job until God allowed him to be touched. You ever read 1 Corinthians 10, 13 that says there is no temptation taken to us, but such as, in, as is common to man. But God is faithful who will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear. Do you understand that there's no temptation that can come our way that's stronger than what we can bear? Do you understand how many permutations that is that God has to be involved in your life? That means everybody who's going to call you on the phone, God has to know what they're going to say because if they're going to say something you can't handle, he makes them dial a wrong number. <laughs> Think about it with me. Think about how close he is to us. Very hairs of our head are numbered. He knows our downsitting and our uprising. He is sovereign. He is in control. He does what he wants to do when he wants to do it, and we call him Daddy. Abba Father, have you not known that he's eternal, he's everlasting, he's the Lord? And then he said he's the creator of the ends of the earth. You ever gawked at the heavens and been amazed? Have you ever looked at the sun that's 93 million miles away from the earth? Light, light goes 186,000 miles per second. Did you hear what I said? What I said? That's what I said. Light goes 186,000 miles per second. Say one. How come only three people said one? On the count of three, say one. One, two, three. Huh. Light goes 186,000 miles in that one second. Why do I mention that? The Milky Way is probably, they recognize it's about 100 million light years in diameter. But if we look at the whole observable universe, it's about 156 billion light years in diameter. What does that mean? That means you put light on this end of the universe and send it to the other one. It's going to take 156 billion years to get over there. So why do I say that? Because the Bible says in the book of Isaiah that when God gets ready to measure the heavens, he measures it with a span. Not a spam. That's a can of meat. A span. A span. What is a span? That's the distance between your finger and your thumb. Vast expanse of heaven.
When God gets ready to measure it, God say, yep, for me, it fits about right here. Put that next to your need for healing and see if he's not big enough to heal you. Put that next to the wayward child who's decided to disgrace the family name and see if God can't cause them to come back with bulging eyes, crying and weeping and repenting. Put that next to the enemy and see if God's not big enough to deal with your enemy. That's why Isaiah said, have you not known? In, in, in the book of Isaiah 40, it says that all the waters in the world he holds in the hollow of his hand. The very dust of the earth is numbered, not just counted, but numbered by God. And all the stars, they're millions of galaxies. Some of them have a trillion stars in it, or the trillions. The numbers are uncountable. The Bible says God knows every one of them by name. And if he knows them by name, how's he ever going to forget your name? Haven't you known, haven't you heard that this everlasting God who's sovereign the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he does not faint? Did you hear what I said? He doesn't faint, nor does he get weary. Anybody here ever been weary? Come on, let's be honest. Anybody here ever felt like fainting? Anybody ever here been so tired? Anybody ever been at a place where you're at the end of your rope? Anybody ever, God never faints, never gets weary. And, and it's, the, the word says there's no searching of his understanding. I, I read that one time and I was like, God, that's so true. Nobody can ever discern how much you know. But he said, no, no, son. He said, what that means is there's no searching of how much I understand you. You will never understand how much I understand you. So here's what he does. He's not selfish, so he gives power to the faint. He never faints. He never gets weary, so he gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases their strength. You ever been in a place you had nothing left? Have you? I've been in a place I had nothing left, but he increases strength. And the word says, even the youth shall faint and be weary. And young men utterly strong, which means our natural ability won't suffice. Even the youth who are supposed to be strong will faint and be weary. Young men who have a lot of energy shall utterly fall, but they that wait upon the Lord. That word wait is a very interesting word in Hebrew. It's the word kavah. Kavah. I want you to say kavah. It's spelled Q-W-H, but it's pronounced kavah. Very interesting word. It really means to braid are to wrap yourself around. You understand braid, I hope. Uh, you, you go to the store and you buy some hair, some of you, not all of you, and you take it to your home girl and you say, I want micro braids. And you, they take that Brazilian glory and put it with your glory. <laughs> mm-hmm. And by the time they finish you walking around like this and nobody can tell where yours stops and the other one comes because you braided yourself with something a little bit more glorious than what you have. Anybody here today? means to wrap yourself around, to braid yourself around. It's the idea of those big, big ropes that hold a cruise ship in place. But if you take those ropes apart, you'll find out it's several little nylon strands braided together that give it that strength. 
And the Bible is saying you might not be much on your own, but if you braid yourself with God, if you wrap yourself around God, if you latch on to God, if you don't look at your own ability and look at his ability, if you don't look at what you don't have and look at what he does have, if you don't stop, if you stop considering yourself and look at what he has, the Bible says you will renew your strength and it will cause you to mount up in a certain way. And that's what we need to do. We have to stop looking at us and stop looking at our insecurities and stop looking. All God has to choose from is broken humanity. That's all he has to choose from. There is none righteous, no, not one. All of sin and come short of the glory of God. We're all made from the dirt. Your dirt might be a little cleaner than somebody else's dirt, but by God, it's all dirt. And God chose this treasure in earthen vessels. He breathed life into vessels of clay who are fallible and have weaknesses. I'm not excusing sin. I believe we can live right and live holy. But the point is that we have to stop looking at ourselves, our ability, and start looking at God's mighty ability. It doesn't matter even if you feel like you're a zero. Because if you feel like you're nothing, zero put next to one is ten. You say, man, I'm so jacked up, I'm six zeros. I say, good. Because six zeros put next to one is a million. Oh, you'll be amazed what God can do with the willing and the obedient. And if we wrap ourselves around him and stop thinking about our own self, the word of God says we will mount up with wings like a buzzard. And we shall, something seems wrong. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, forgive me. They that wait upon the Lord. I'm so sorry. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like a chicken. They shall. Oh, it's not working. I'm so sorry. Forgive me, guys. They shall mount up with wings like a hummingbird. They shall mount up with wings like what? Say it again. Say it again. Now, if you're not shouting right now, that's because you don't know much about eagles. Eagles are bad mamma jammas. There's some. Amazing birds. Eagles are to the bird kingdom where the lion is to the animal kingdom. An uh, eagle is the prince of birds that God ever made. They are so outstanding. They are so amazing. And the Bible has given us a picture of what we're going to be like. And I believe tonight he's given you a picture of the anointing that's going to come on you in a greater way. The anointing that's going to touch your future. Of that grace that's going to rest on us in a new way. He says we'll mount up with wings like eagles. Eagles are amazing birds. They're built to fly. The higher they go the easier they fly. They look strange on the ground. They don't mess around on the ground. They fly at heights to keep them above everything. And whenever you're able to fly, you overcome obstacles. I love going overseas. I get on an airplane, land in Accra, Ghana in just 12 hours from JFK. How did I get there so fast? Because I flew. I could go by ship, I could go by road, but I have too many obstacles down there. When you go up higher, you overcome things. I'm telling you, you're coming to a place you're going to begin to overcome that which used to overcome you. Things that used to get you down, you're not going to get up over, and you're going to a new level. I decree it and declare it over your life. In Jesus' name, say amen if you believe with me tonight. Eagles fly high. In fact, there was a test pilot. Test pilot in the military, and he had to test fly an airplane, and he took this airplane to 11,000 feet in the air, and he looked down and found a rat chewing on a fuel line, and he freaked out. He said, oh, man, I've got to go down and land this plane and kill the rat, because if the rat chews through this fuel line, I'm dead. That was his first thought. Then he had a second thought. He said, no, I'm just going to go higher, and he took the plane to 30,000 feet. Because at 30,000 feet, the rat couldn't survive. And the rat died, and he kept going higher. 
You know the problem some of us have? We keep landing trying to kill rats. <sighs> they unfriended me on Facebook. They're talking about me at work. They don't like the way I look. They don't like the way I dress. I came to church and nobody spoke to me. That's rats, baby. That's just rats down there. You go back to your old neighborhood, old people are talking about you. You'll never be anybody. You'll never, no, 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 that's rats. I don't have time for rats in this season. I don't have time for low-level thinking in this season. I'm going up higher. I'm going to begin to mount up like an eagle, and I cannot stay on the ground. I'm going to a new level of thinking, a new level of processing, a new level of believing God. I don't have time for Sambalat and Tobiah. I don't have time for Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. I don't have time for anybody that will get in the way of that which God has for me. I don't even have time for Ahithophel. God cursed the counsel of Ahithophel. I'm going to new places in God, says the Lord in Jesus' name. We need to go higher. Say higher. higher. And do you know that eagles are not afraid of storms? No, they're not. When there's a hurricane, a Tornado or something, all the other birds are hiding. They're finding rocks. They're going in caves. They're going to hide. But eagles don't do that. Guess what they do? They don't fly away from the storm. They fly toward the storm because they have these big, strong wings. And what they do is they get to the storm, which has swirling winds, and they stretch their wings out at a certain angle, angle it back just so, so the wing can get under their wings, and as the wind is blowing, they start circling in, in, in circles, going around in circles, and they actually start going higher without doing work. And before long, they're on top of the storm. The storm is under their feet. The sun is above their head. And in that which was designed to take them down, they rose in the midst of it. I declare over your life, beloved, you are rising up like an eagle. David said it was good for me. Come on, if you're going to clap, do it well and say, God, I receive that. Come on, say, God, I receive it. Say it, God, I receive it. God, I believe it. I decree no matter what the enemy throws at you, it will not stick. It'll just make you better and make you go higher. David again said it was good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statues. I declare and decree in Jesus' name will come over and overcome every storm in the name of Jesus. Did you know that rabbits can see? They have amazing eyesight. From a mile in the air, they can see a rabbit running on the ground. From a mile in the air. 35,000 feet in the air, that's how they see their lunch. They swoop down from 35,000 feet in the air over their lunch with perfect accuracy. They have amazing eyesight. And as God is giving us a picture of where we're going, one of the things we can expect to do from this day and beyond is see at a greater level than we've ever seen before. And I mean that with everything in me because one of the problems we have is we just don't see well enough. It's like Elijah and Gehazi. You ever read the story of Elijah and Gehazi? Woke up one morning, Gehazi gets up, opens the door and looks, and the mountain is full of Syrians, the army, Syrian army that came to attack them. And he ran back into Elijah and said, Elijah, my master, the Syrians have come to get us. Elijah didn't even look up. He's reading the USA Today. Just He didn't even look up. He said, there's more to be with us than be with them. Gehazi was like, what kind of weed has my master been smoking? I mean, it's two of us, and it's tens of thousands of them. What's up with him? Elijah just prayed one prayer. The Lord opened his eyes. And his eyes were open, and he saw the chariots of the mountains full 
of angels and horses. And he said, truly, they're more with us than be with them. And I think if we could ever see what God sees about us, it'll put an end to our anxieties. If we could see the things that he's planning about us. That's why I love the prophetic so much. You're so blessed in this church because the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. So prophecy will come and testify what Jesus is thinking. And sometimes you can get one prophetic word that will take you the next 10 years. And a lot of times, when you get an accurate word, it's like, oh, God, you see, you know, you feel, you hear. And if God would open our eyes and we see and know and feel and hear more, we would not stress. If God opened your eyes, when you go to sleep tonight, you'll see a big, tall angel in front of your bed with attitude. <laughs> you'll see another one behind your bed probably with a flaming sword. If we could just see, if we could see, I, I heard a story. In this church, I can share this. I do a lot of ministry in Africa. In Africa, there's a lot of witchcraft. And there was this lady who actually used to be a witch. She was an ex-witch when I heard the story. But while she was still a witch, she was hired to kill this pastor in Nigeria who was doing a great work for God. So her job was, on his way home, to put this big stone in the spirit in the road. And when the car was running over the stone, it would cause the car to have an accident and he would die. So she placed the stone there in the spirit. I know some of you think I've been reading too many comic books, but this stuff happens. Put the stone there in the spirit, and the car just ran over it and nothing happened. So she said, hmm. So she kept following him in the spirit, flying. So she gets to his property, and when the car stopped at the front of his gate, the pastor gets out, and she said he was suspended in liquid fire. And she looked at his property, and at every edge of the property, there, there were angels standing shoulder to shoulder around every inch of the property. And this guy got out the car and walked to the front door. There were two huge angels standing in front of the front door. When he started coming, they stepped aside like this. When he got back, they stepped back and looked at her. She said, I'm out of here. <laughs> Went back home, back into her body, and gave her life to Christ. If we could see, beloved, if we could see... If we could see, oh, if we could see. One loan officer said no. Another one said no. The mortgage companies are tripping, but God has already prepared somebody for you who's going to own or finance the house. If we could just see. Oh, man. Lift your hands and say, Lord, open my eyes. And that's what God is saying. I'm going to open your eyes in a greater way. I'm going to give you the ability to see that which you need to see. Did you know? that eagles have two eyelids, not one, but two. How many do they have? Two. One of the eyelids is like ours. You close it, you can't see anything, but the second one is like Ray-Ban. It's like sunglasses. Why would God give the eagle two eyelids? Several reasons. One of them is dust and so forth, but one of the main reasons is there are not many enemies that would try to chase the eagle, but there is one. It's called the condor. Condor is a huge bird, probably a seven to nine foot wingspan, and every now and then he looks at an eagle and says, I'm coming after you. And the eagle is flying and looks back and says, oh, you again. No problem. Eagle doesn't run, doesn't trip. He just looks for the sun. Sun is over here. What comes out of the sun? Rays, light, glory. So the eagle closes his inner eyelid, leaves the outer eyelid open so he could see and flies straight toward the glory of the sun. The condor says, Sorry, got to go. Can't do that. So the condor peels off and the eagle keeps on going higher. 
That's a picture of our future. If the enemy ever starts chasing you, you close your inner eyelid of faith. And you start flying and climbing toward the sun. Not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N. The son of the living God. And in the glory of the light and glory of faith that comes out of Jesus, let our enemies be swallowed up and scattered in that glory. Beloved, that's a picture of our future. And I don't know how much time you have spent under under the dominion of warfare that you didn't have to tolerate. I might be the only brother, but I had to learn that in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. I had to learn that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I had to learn that stuff. Me and my wife been married 32 years. We have a good relationship, but there were times we would wake up in the morning, Pastor, Apostle, wake up in the morning and it's like, it's like, ugh, is in the house. Anybody ever felt ugh in the house? It's like, Everybody just, ooh, ooh, you know. We went to bed loving each other. Woke up and it's like, ooh. I don't like you. I don't like you either. Why don't you go back to Africa and see your people? Why don't you go to New York and see your people? You know, whatever. Not quite that strong, but you know what I mean. It's just like, ooh. It's just, just, just strife and tension. Didn't do anything, didn't say anything. It's just, it's just, ooh. Anybody, am I, anybody here? So, I used, that used to happen every now and then, you know, involved in warfare and doing deliverance and helping people and dealing with stuff in our city. So you get attacked, and that happened for a while. And then it, a couple of days ago, uh, it'll go by and it'll leave. So one time it came, and it was like for a week or so. It was like, it's just getting tired of it. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, son, how long will you tolerate this in your house? I was like, tolerate it? What do you mean? What, you want me to put her out? <laughs> I'm just, you know, what? What, what, are you, what are you saying? <laughs> I wish she was here to defend herself. She's really a cool girl. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and, but you know how when God speaks, there's information in what he says? And then I, I realized, no, this is warfare. I said, I got it. I started walking the floor five minutes, binding the enemy, coming against attacks, coming against word curses. In five minutes, we were back in love again. Even the kids, we were all back in, because that power and that spiritual dimension was broken. Listen to me. A lot of what we tolerate, we don't have to tolerate. It's another message to really develop for another time. But a lot of what we deal with, we don't have to deal with. When something comes my way, there's one question I want to ask. God, is this your will? Because if it ain't, I'm finna kick some devil. <clears throat> I'm going to do spiritual warfare. Let me be nice. Can you hear me? If it's the enemy, I'm going to deal with it. If it's God, I'm going to submit to it. And there are times God takes you through tests and through trials, but whenever something comes your way, close that inner eyelid of faith. Fly to the glory of the sun and deal with whatever you have to deal with in the name of Jesus. Can you hear me? Would you give the Lord a clap offering on that right now? We're coming in for a landing. Oh, he is good. I can see the runway in sight. Eagles are trained through hardship. They really are. They're trained through difficulty and hardship. When an eaglet is born, one of the first things mama does is build a big nest. And she lines the nest with fur, rabbit fur, or kills something and lines it with fur. So the first time she puts the eaglet in that nest, the eaglet sits down in this posturepedic, temperpedic, sealy, 
I mean, it's just, uh, it's just wonderful. And the little eaglet's having the time of his life, and mama will go and hunt and take fish and drop it to the eaglet and worms. You've seen the pictures of little eaglet opening and mama feeding him. And, and she does that for a long time, and the eaglet gets out of the nest and plays and come back in and gets out and plays. But one day mama looks at that nest and says, if I leave you here, I'll spoil you. So the eaglet goes out to play. Mama first takes the fur and throws it over the cliff. Eaglet comes back into her temperpedic, and it ain't temperarpedic anymore. And she's sitting down, and it's uncomfortable, and she's getting poked in the butt. And it's like, this is not what it used to be. It's a new season because God wants to take you to a new place. And sometimes when things are uncomfortable, it's because God is trying to take you to a new place. He says, you can't just keep coming to church and sitting down. I want to use your gifts. I want to begin to use you. I want you to run a small group. I want you to begin to grow in some areas. And it starts feeling uncomfortable at times. And mama does that with the eaglet until it's time to transition to the next level. And one day she goes to the baby and says, want to go for a ride, baby? says, yeah. Sounds just like that, too. Puts the eaglet on, on her back, goes one mile up into the air. And guess what she does? Throws a little eaglet off her back. Eaglet is falling, saying, what is wrong with this woman? She's crazy. It's falling and falling. I promise I'll get off Facebook. I'll clean up my room next. I mean, just imagine the stuff that's going on, and this little baby's falling. And right before she touches the ground, mama swoops right back under her. I mean, Close call, grabs her back on the back, and they go one mile up in the air again. And she does it again and again and again. Until one day the little eagle must say, I got to do something because this woman will not stop. <laughs> little eaglet looks at mama. Mama has these big things that come out of her side. She's got some little ones. So the little eaglet starts flapping her little wings. Not strong enough to do anything, but as soon as mother sees the effort, she gets behind the eaglet and creates current with her big wings. And the little eaglet is staying up in the air, and she thinks it's her. It's just like us, isn't it? We think we could preach, but we don't know it's God's current behind us. We think we're brilliant. We don't know it's God's grace behind us. And mother creates current until the little wings develop enough so the eagle can fly on its own. Eagles go through a molting season where at some period of time in their life, looks like it's over. They develop a temperature, they find a rock, they face the sun, they beat their beak off, they can't eat, can't hunt, their feathers come out. You look at that eagle and you feel like it's over. Nothing left. Oh, but the Bible says, rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. Though I fall, I will arise seven times. And it looks like life is over for the eagle, but actually the eagle is molting. And it's one of the reasons they have such a long life is because of that season they go through. Their cells are literally being made new. Their beak grows back again stronger. Their muscles begin to be more oxygenated and better. Their feathers go better. And when they come through that season, they fly higher and stronger and better. And maybe there's somebody in here today that is in such a season. You don't know what you're going to do and you don't know what the future holds. But I'm here to tell you, if you wait upon the Lord, you will mount up with wings like an eagle. You're just going through a molting season. He loves you too much to leave you. He loves you too much to forsake you. And I promise you, he's a great chess player. He's already 10 moves ahead. And you will come through this. They that wait upon the Lord, they that wrap themselves upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Let me give you a visual picture of what Isaiah had in mind. I need two strong brothers who have been working out for real. I need, I need two volunteers up on stage. Come on up, come on up, come on up, come on up, come on up. Two strong brothers, yeah, 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 he'll do. I need one more. Hey, one more, one more, okay. Y'all been working out for real, for real? All right, does, does the audience approve? Okay, come on up here. So come on up here. One get on this side, one get on this side. So Sennacherib, say Sennacherib. He was an Assyrian king, a very wicked king. And what Sennacherib did in real life, this is a true story, he took these Himalayan eagles and he called them war eagles. You can study this in history and he bred them. They had about a seven to 11 foot wingspan. Just imagine how wide that is, seven to 11 foot wingspan. And these were massive eagles that he bred and he trained them to be war eagles. So what would happen is when the soldiers would run at the enemy, because, you know, the movies are accurate, the way they would do wars, they would all line up against each other. Somebody would give the signal, they run at each other. So he trained these eagles that when the soldiers would run toward the enemy, that the eagles were trained to swoop on top of their head. They would take a, a leather strap and tie it around their wrist with a ball on it, they would tie a leather strap around the wrist of the eagle with a ball on it, and they would train the soldiers to wrap that, that leather strap around the eagle's leather strap. In other words, to kavah, to braid, to wrap it around the eagle. So come on one side, one on this side, one on this side. Have y'all been working out for real? You had dinner? All right. All right. You had dinner? You good? You had dinner? What'd you have? Enchiladas. Uh-huh. This will work. So, so get the picture. This is what Isaiah was thinking about. So these eagles would run on top of the soldiers. So I'm the soldier, all right? These two are God. So when, when, when these eagles would come on top of the soldier and they would wrap, they would braid, they would kavah and wrap it around the eagle's talons, the eagle would start flapping. The soldier was too heavy to totally fly with the soldier. But what would happen is the soldier, let's go up here, is a soldier, let's go right here, is a soldier would take one step, and then when he took one step, that one step would propel him maybe 20 feet because he was tied to the eagle who was flapping his wings. And that's the picture Isaiah had that said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run. So one step. One step will propel you 20 feet. I just gave you a picture of your future. You're going to make one decree. One seed offering. Come on, run with me. Come on. How many of you think those enchiladas are still working? One faith move. I believe I can fly. Thank you, sir. Come on and give the Lord a hand of praise. <laughs> That's why Isaiah said you will run and not be weary. You will walk. 
Because there's a supernatural grace coming upon your life when you get the anointing of the eagle. There's something that happens beyond your natural ability. I felt that for this house. I felt that for your life. And I declare God is about to give you the anointing of an eagle in the name of Jesus. Stand up and get ready to receive it. And give the Lord a big clap offering as we get ready to pray. Glory. No, I said a big clap offering. I said a big clap offering. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to begin to pray right now. Just pray in the spirit for those of you who know what that is. If you don't, just begin to ask God to help you. I want you to open your mouth right now and pray in the spirit. I heard this from the Lord. There is a new deposit coming upon you tonight. I sense it coming upon this house. Open your mouth, open your mouth and say, God, give me the anointing of the eagle. Let the grace of the eagle rest on me. Let the grace of an eagle rest on this house. Come on, pray. I want you to pray into this. Pray into this. For I hear the Lord saying, I will open new territory for you. Just keep praying. I will open new territory for you. It's not just territory in the natural, but also in the realm of the spirit. For I will release you into new dimensions of spiritual authority. It's one thing to move in gifts, but it's another thing to have authority. For I, the Lord, will open up a new realm of authority in the door, uh, in the spirit. For the door is open for you to claim this new territory. For step in it, says the Lord, and you will find yourself at a new altitude and a new place. You will find yourself at a new dimension of grace, says the Lord. Keep praying. Keep praying in the spirit. For even my young ones, says the Lord, even the children will begin to walk in this new grace of an eagle. For I will preserve them and protect them. For I will keep them and surround them. For the hand of the enemy will not rest on the young that come out of high praise church, says the Lord. I see an army of men coming, says the Lord. I see an army of men coming, an army of men being raised up, not at the exclusion of others, but I hear God saying, I'm going to begin speaking to men and being, begin to draw them. I see an army literally of soldiers, of men lining up, marching in under the influence of these men of God. God, bring them in in Jesus' name. I do hear the Lord say, I will restore. That was not just preaching, I will restore. Somebody who has a sickness on your ovaries, You've been told by the doctor you cannot have children. God said, I will restore, says the Lord. I will restore. I can't sense whether it's natural children or otherwise, but God said, I will restore that which the enemy has done in your life in the name of Jesus. Receive that. Psoriasis of the skin is being healed. God said, I'm going to restore your skin. Psoriasis of the skin, God said, I'm going to restore that. And I'm going to make it new in Jesus' name. Somebody feels like you're losing your mind. 
This is not just dementia, it's not just Alzheimer's, but you feel like you're literally losing your mind. If you don't mind, just for a moment, if you, everyone would just close your eyes just for a moment, just for a moment. If that's you, lift your hand up real quick and put it back down. God bless you. Hand back down. Hand back down. The person I was seeing, that is you and there are a couple of others. So, Father, eyes open in the name of Jesus. Lord, we stand against this demonic attack, this witchcraft attack, and these natural things that are happening that are attempting to cause I don't know if you feel that, but it's like I felt the wind of the Lord come and just blow something away. Just blow something away from you. Father, I decree that that which has affected them, they will see it no more in the name of Jesus. I declare you will see it no more in Jesus' name. Glory. Give the Lord a bigger hand of praise in that. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Just lift your hands and say, Lord, help me to see. Lord, draw me into your presence. Say, Lord, give me the anointing of the eagle. I feel like God's really about to give you a boost of confidence. There's this Holy Spirit confidence that's coming. And at times, especially on you, man of God, I just feel like at times the gift of faith will rest on you in a stronger way than it ever has. The gift of faith is an amazing dimension of God that when it's on you, the impossible becomes possible. And you've seen miracles, you've seen signs and wonders, but I really feel the Lord saying, this is an upgrade to the gift of faith. It doesn't feel like something you'll be able to control, but at times you'll recognize that deposit on you and the miracles God will do will be astounding. Uh, at times they'll even get a regional attention and many will begin to read about it and see about the miracles because of that gift of faith. Everybody point your hands at pastor and say, God, release that gift of faith upon him. I feel that grace. Let that anointing of an eagle rest upon you. Apostle, would you put your hand on the stomach area? That gift of faith, that new deposit of faith. I see many sons coming out of your loins as well. There are many books that are in you you have yet to write that still need to be written as well. I don't know what the relationship in this community is like with elected officials. I'm sure you've been here so long you have a lot of favor, but I see an increased relationship where at times ahead they're going to need you and need the wisdom that comes from you and certain things you might not even want to do but God's saying it's strategic he's leading you there to do that because it's needed in this region God's hand is on this I drove into this place and I felt uh, uh, I felt a glory come on me we we're listening to uh, um, what's the name of these guys the uh, Jira people who worship and I thought maybe that song was anointed, but then I felt, no, there's something about this area, something about what God's going to do in this area. And I feel like politically you're going to be needed in some ways, and the Lord doesn't want you to run from that. How many of you believe God's not finished with revival down in this area, with a mighty move of God? I, I feel something springing up, springing up from the ground. So I want you to just one more minute, just pray in the Spirit. I feel like there's a special anointing coming upon moms for your children, a special anointing coming upon mothers for your children. I want you to just receive that. 
In this day and age of so much uh, worldliness and so many uh, attacks against our kids, it's like God's given you discernment. God's given you an anointing. And I want to decree this. Not one of the children from high praise will be lost. Not one. Not one. I declare that in the name of Jesus. So mothers, lift your hand and receive that worship team. Lift your hand. I guess it's hard to play and lift your hands. I do feel like that anointing is going to ride on the worship in an even greater way. There's a hand of God that's coming on the worship and worshipers in an even greater way. Uh, Pastor, is it okay if I just lay hands just a minute? It's okay. Uh, I just feel that grace coming upon the worship, that eagle anointing is coming in a very fresh, and refreshing way. In the name of Jesus, their ways of glory. of glory that are coming. other we just walk up and shake hands how you doing I'm blessed that's the way we've been greeting each other but from today on I think we need a different greeting when we meet each other if I meet you in the supermarket or see you out don't just come up and shake hands here's what I want you to do I'm gonna look at you you look straight at me we look each other in the eyes and here's what we're gonna do That's our new sign. Somebody makes you mad at work, you're not gonna curse them out. You're not gonna tell them they're number one. If somebody makes you mad, you're not gonna do. Whatever goes on in your life from now on, we're not gonna stress, we're not gonna trip. All we're gonna do, come on, practice. We're gonna go higher. High praise, receive the anointing of the eagle, I declare you'll never be the same again in Jesus' name. Glory. I believe too good Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.